Welcome to the Better Call Daddy Show, the number one podcast where we admit no matter what happens, daddy has the advice we need to fix our problems. Introducing my dad, Mr. Wayne Friedman. That was good. It would be nice if you could also sing a song. What would the song be? You love Paris in the springtime. I just made up some words to it. I love Rena in the springtime. I love Rena in the fall. (laughs) That's right. That's good enough. (laughs) Oh boy. Let's dive in. Today we have Gabe. He was abandoned by his mom and had complicated relationships with women. He's here today to tell us about the evolution from being an abandoned kid to a daddy and hopefully a soon-to-be husband, maybe. Gabriel, welcome. How are you doing? I am doing well. How are you? I am dandy. You are dandy. I'm dandy. You don't hear that very often. (laughs) You know, when I started streaming live, like there really wasn't too much going on at nighttime. So it's kind of cool whenever I first started streaming live that there wasn't so much going on like at the same time. So now it's gotten to where there's more and more people. So that's pretty cool. I like that though. More options. You have been growing a community now. For how long? <laughs> uh, let's see. Since February, I started putting all this together. I started a second season, so I took a six-week break. My first season was 135 episodes, and then I took a six-week break, right? And then I went ahead and started from episode one, count all over again, and started season number two, so I don't know how many episodes I'll do this season. I don't know. I just <laughs> it's, it's a little bit crazier, but again, I mean – it's fun to when I, whenever I get on here and start doing it. Like last night, I mean, literally, I just got on for 30 minutes. And there's so many people who are just already that I'm connected with who jump on. I literally had like, and I didn't expect this, but I had every night it's been growing in numbers. So last night, just on LinkedIn, I have 125 comments going in one stream, right? And when I first started, I mean, if I had two people comment, I was like, ooh, right? So it's been growing steadily and it's, again, it's fun to do. You get to connect with so many interesting people. It's a great way to, you know, kind of build a, people say network. I think it's more like what you said. It's more of a community, right? There's more people that you get connected with and kind of like a spider web just keeps going. You said you felt lost and without purpose and now it's what fuels you. Yes. And it was for a while. I mean, literally, because when I first started doing this, I didn't know what effect it had on me. So by the time I've got in, I want to say about 35 episodes, I felt like, okay, this feels good. It feels really great to, first of all, connect with people and then to have conversations with folks to start bringing more and more people who might have been shy, who might have not been able to talk to give them a voice and say hey let's come on here and have a conversation and i'll make it just imagine if we're sitting here having coffee with each other i mean try to keep it as calm and open as possible and that's why i tell people look you talk we we would talk about what you're good at what you're passionate about what you want to share with folks i mean that's been my whole thing from the very beginning is just being able to bring that out it really felt good to meet those people and build really strong really close connections with a lot of these folks more than I thought. It's all about the connection and purpose. And then for a little while, I was like, man, when I stepped away and didn't know what to do, I was like, man, this feels weird. But sometimes you need that. 
Do you think that it's affected your home life? In some ways, it did. It was very strenuous for a while there because, again, it got to the point where, you know, it was more of, hey, I got a show to do. I got I got consumed with doing a lot of this, right? It was something that I was like, hey, I got to concentrate on this. I got up in the morning, did the bare necessities to get done what I need to get done around the house and with the kids, and then I was off to go try to do this, right? It took a conversation with Steve Sullivan, who kind of schooled me a little bit about, hey, how is this affecting your home life? He was the one that kind of brought it to my attention on the air. I still have the video, and I can go back and pull it up and go. He was, I mean, grilling me on it. And it really got me thinking about, what am I doing, right? It really got me thinking about that. And it kind of started me changing course a little bit about how I wanted to approach things. And then when I took time off, it really was with me connecting with, again, with family, with my kiddos and my wife and letting it be known that, hey, what I was doing. And I told her if I start doing it again, it's, you know, it's going to be more compact. Like I've been doing them now, but I only do 30 minutes. I try to be kind of a little bit more spontaneous with them. I don't have to go ahead and say, well, now this is everything. I don't have, I got to jump on here and if I'm not there at 7.05, it's going to be, you know, heck or high water. So now it's gotten where, hey, if I get there at 7.30, 7.35, whatever. Like last night, I, didn't, I don't think I went on to like 7.40 last night. I stayed on 30 minutes, got off, done my part, and then I got to go back to daddy role, man. You know, let's put the kids to bed. Let's get things going because, again, I got four kids, and it's, it's hard for to put that kind of responsibility on, on my wife. And then, of course, once all that's done and they're asleep, we get to talk and do whatever we do with our time after that. So, I mean, that was something that was really missing. And it was crazy for a while because, again, it's here, you know, they're stuck here all the time, right? They really don't get out of the house too much. It's too much to go say, hey, go to the store with four kids in the middle of COVID, make sure they wear their masks, make sure they don't touch things. (laughs) do all these other things so you know it's been a crazy year but again I've, I've learned a lot about myself learned a lot about what I really want to do I mean literally it, it it took me stumbling into doing this that made me realize this is something that I really want to approach to the next level how did you stumble into this two words Russ Johns literally it was me watching a show with him and Steve Sullivan is what it was. It was the first time I ever watched them together. You know, I had connected with Steve, and Steve was really good to me very early on. He kind of, you know, told me, hey, get on LinkedIn. If you're going to get on here and start sharing your story, creating videos, this whole thing. And once I did, I saw an episode where he was going to be doing a live stream with Russ Johns. I had never seen that. So I watched it. I said, man, I love this. I started interacting with people in the comments. And then I just started showing up there like every day, literally, for a month straight. I mean, literally, I never did miss a show. I was commenting all the time. And then one day I just approached them. I said, hey, how did you put this all together? And him being such a gracious person said, hey, let's have a conversation. Let's schedule a talk and now we'll talk it through. So, okay, cool. So we scheduled the talk. We, had, we talked for like two and a half hours. And he told me, hey, this is what I started doing. Here are a few things that you can look at. These are a few things if you want to start getting into it. Take your time with it. 
get familiar with what you're doing and then just have fun. I said, cool. So it literally took me a week after we had that conversation. I went and started putting everything together. And then I think like February 23rd, I just went on live for the first time by myself. And then from there, I just started doing it every single day all the way up until I think the end of July 31st was my last day where I was constantly going where I went live every single day five days a week so I think officially just doing that I had a hundred and 127 episodes straight back to back and then there was nights where I was doing second lives that I didn't even include I mean I would go from seven to eight to do my regular show and then we would do something special. Me and Mike and somebody else would hop on and we have a conversation. We talked for another hour. There was nights where I did two hour shows. I mean, literally I all together when I counted everything, I've done over like 160 live episodes, just what I've done with my show, secondary stuff that I've done and then other people's lives that I've actually been on. When I took my time off, I cut myself off literally for six weeks from social media altogether. I mean, I tried to stay away from LinkedIn, from Facebook, from Twitter, from everything. And I would, and then, of course, I would just hop on real quick just to see. I would get off, but I wouldn't participate. And I would see people tagging me, and I would get all kinds of messages from people. Hey, are you okay? Is everything going on? And, of course, I would respond back to a few of them. Yes, I'm fine. I'm cool. I'm just taking a break, man. And that's kind of hard to do sometimes whenever you think about it because what are we without our phones nowadays? And the simplest thing I've told somebody is leave your phone at home one day. Go out without it and see what happens. Sometimes it's really, it's really freeing to not have to, quote, unquote, be on call for everybody. I actually did that while I was taking my time off. I actually left my phone here at home. It was kind of liberating because I didn't have to worry about nobody calling me. I didn't get no phone calls. I didn't worry about taking my phone out of my pocket to look at it, check it time. I, I just took off without it one day, and it was, it was kind of freeing. What was the impetus for your break from social media? For me, it was energy burnout. Literally, it just felt burnt out, not physically, but just with my energy and, and mental wise, I just didn't want to, I didn't want to think about it anymore for a little while. I was doing everything to set up my own show, doing this five nights a week by myself. I didn't have a team. I didn't have other people doing these things. So I was doing the scheduling. I was having pre-show consultations with, with guests to kind of lay out what we wanted to do. I was doing the whole nine yards, setting up the technical part. I was doing everything. It was very tiring, and, and at that point, I was still, I was actually working seven days a week. So at that point, I just said, you know what, I, I stopped working on my weekends. I, I, took, I told my weekend job, hey, I'm gone. I'm done. I just want to start having more of my own free time, and then that's where I started saying, you know what, same thing with doing the lives. I, I need an energy break. I needed to gather myself again because again I felt overwhelmed a little bit of standards that I had set for myself after about a couple of weeks I was like okay I feel good I start feeling myself again I started feeling 
my energy build back up. I started feeling, okay, cool. This is fun again. And then whenever I decided to start going back and doing lives, I said, you know what, this is going to be a little bit different. I don't want to have to constantly have guests on all the time. There's nothing wrong with me doing just solo shows. since literally the first five, six episodes that I've done. It's just me coming on, having a conversation. Whoever's there is there. Whoever's not, not. And I told everybody at some point I will introduce people and start doing interviews again, but don't expect it to be like kind of like what it was before. The whole thing of that I wanted to change and shift a little bit of what I talk about is I want to start talking to people about what their what their failures were, what their experiences were in the hard times because I've been seeing a lot of people doing a lot of shows on positive energy and self-development and growth. And that's cool. I'm all about that. But you also got to remember there's the other part of it about it as well. The, the part where you were in those dark times, what was it like? What are mistakes that you've worked past that maybe other people might be in that situation and think about it. And maybe they might be feeling hopeless at this point. Maybe you can kind of walk them through it. And that's sort of the preface of what I've been setting up to do with the next next season that I've been coming through is I, I, I want to actually bring that to the forefront and say, hey, we're, it's okay to be imperfect, man. You said that every woman you've ever loved has left you. Yes. I've mentioned this to a few close friends. Once my parents divorced when they were, I was 12 when they separated. They, didn't, they officially divorced when I was 13. So they separated when I was 12. And for the first year that they were separated, we lived with my mother. Of course, you know, my dad was working, trying to support six kids. That's kind of not an easy thing to do. But the good thing about what that was good for him is that he was part of my grandmother. My grandfather were entrepreneurs. They had their own business. So, you know, there was that sort of little bit of leeway sometimes whenever he needed to take off because... It was a family business if something needed to be handled. So for that short period of time, I think my mother really got overwhelmed, you know, trying to raise six kids, trying to figure out life again, right? I've actually interviewed her about why she left. Had to. I, I wanted to do it with my dad. Didn't get the opportunity. He passed away before I could. So I interviewed him. I came up with 20 questions that I wanted to know. It was one of those things where she was overwhelmed. She was like, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know who I was. My life was in a tailspin. She hightailed it. So it was a weird day. I mean, it just happened, gosh, in the middle of the school year. I remember walking home like regularly. Me and my dad comes and picks us up. And this was not normal. So we're like, what is going on? So that's kind of when he told us, your mother left. So at that point, our lives had to literally change overnight. And then from that point on, since the age of 13, my father raised us by ourselves. I mean, well, he got remarried, but not right away. I mean, it was a bit of a struggle. Good thing for him. My brother, who is kind of like a father figure to me, he was already was mature past his age he was uh i was 12 14 so he was already 16 turning 17 years old he was kind of older so my dad could feel comfortable leaving us at home if we needed to with my brother and then hey 
he bought my brother car, take us to school. He had a license. He kind of entrusted a lot of things with us again, but I would I make, mean, again, it was, each of us are almost two years apart. So my oldest brother at that point, I was 12, 13, I think. Yeah. So I was 13. My other brother was 15 and my oldest brother was 17. And I had another brother younger than me who was 11, a younger sister who was 10. And then a young, another younger brother who was only six. So it was crazy of all things. That's why I give a lot of props to my dad for doing what he did. You know, it's usually the other way around, you know, guys leave, they leave the mother with kids and they single mom has to figure it out. I got older, started dating, right? I think my first girlfriend I met when I was, I was 19, I think it was, right? I didn't have a girlfriend. I, I really kind of didn't really get into girls sort of thing until later on in life. So I was kind of a nerd. So I met my first girlfriend when I was 19. We were together for, I think, a year. And then she split. She's like, she went back to her first boyfriend or something. She, then I met another girl, right? This is cool. Met another girl. Really hit it off. Awesome. Really fell in love. And then her parents were moving. So she had to, she left and moved with her parents. So then I met my wife so we actually got together and we had been together for two years and I asked her to marry me right so I was like cool so we were engaged and then I want to say after we were engaged for like six months she comes to me one day and said I think we need to start seeing other people and I was like oh my gosh <sighs> so literally I was heartbroken at that point I was like that period I was doing a lot of drinking, a lot of dumb shit. I mean, literally. Uh, as you can tell, I was still in love with her. I, I remember going, I'm going to admit this, but I drunk. I was driving drunk one night after having drinks, drove to her apartment, just fell asleep outside uh, in my car outside of her apartment. She was the one who woke me up the next day. It's like, what are you doing here? <laughs> I came to see you. I just didn't make it. So, you know, and it ended up where we were split up for almost nine months, nine or 10 months, you know, and I, at that point I was like, you know what, I don't want to go out and start dating other women. I don't want to do other stuff. Love sucks right now. I would tell you the truth, I really didn't try. I just happened to run into her again. I don't know where we were at. I don't know where we were at a mutual friend's house. He had a birthday party. He was a friend of mine and, and, and hers and his girlfriend, it was one of her friends. So she was there. I didn't know she was going to be there. We just started talking again. We decided to get back together. And then from that point forward, we've been together ever since. But you know, think about it at some point that we never got married. I was just scared to do it again. I actually went through it the whole time, the first time to go ask to buy a ring, to do the whole thing, and then have it break off. So I don't know, I was just kind of iffy about it. <laughs> I don't think she wanted to do it either as well at, you know, those first few years. So at that point we just carried on being together. Right. Just like every couple, we kind of had our little fights and spats, but never to the point where we left each other again. But, you know, even now it's kind of an issue sometimes to think about. It's like, man, 
I've made it all this time, but I'm just thinking, what if it happens again, right? That would suck. It's kind of like why I wanted to have daughters, to tell you the truth, because I've always seen, it's not always true, but I've always seen a lot of the times daddy's girl will always come back, take care of daddy, will want to be there. And there's just something about that connection with the father and a daughter. And I really wanted that. So I kind of prayed for daughters and God gave me three of them. And that's the funny thing in my family, it's not very common. My sister has two boys. My oldest brother has three boys. My younger brother has two boys. My youngest, second to youngest brother has a boy and a girl. So for me to have three of them, I, I, I think that's a little bit beyond my control. You still haven't put a ring on it? No. <laughs> and we've talked about it, especially as my kids get older, right? They're like, Mom, why do you have a different name for Daddy? You know, and it's kind of hard to say because of my issues to think about it and go, you know what, I, I, re I really should. So it's something that we've been talking about. And, of course, we, we kind of went through a little bit of marriage counseling or couples counseling a little bit. Because, you know, it sometimes it never goes away. So there was like things where I felt resentment. Like, hey, I, you know, I wanted to make the commitment early on. I wanted to marry you. I wanted to be the only man in your life. And I get it. We were both young. But still, I mean, being scarred by being left by my mother and then two other women who I've ever had any kind of love for, not being able to keep them around, I mean, kind of made me a lot of nervous. It was something that I've still was one of my issues that I have to you know that we when we started going through couples therapy I had to work through you know we talked about it. I said I I have separation anxiety from detachment issues from from the women that I love I've always felt that I was always scorned for some reason and but here's the thing I love love though I love the idea of love I love watching romantic comedies. I love watching romantic stories. I love watching all that stuff because like, I guess because it's something that I, I don't know, something I've yearned for myself to see the, the fairy tale that happens in movies, right? There's always the resolve and, and the happy, happily ever after. I think that was something that I've always said, you know what, I've still, I still want my life. So again, that's why a lot of these things and these issues that I've brought up or something that we've talked about. I mean, I've talked openly about them in, in, in therapy with the therapist. You know, it took us a while. We set out a lot of couples' goals, things that we've been striving to do. Again, it's the total opposite on her side. Her dad left her. Her dad left her and her mom, ran off with another woman, went and started a whole other family. I can understand where some of her issues are, as well as like wanting to trust a man. So it's kind of like the reverse of what I went through. I mean, it was tough. I guess that's kind of like where she wasn't in either when we got back together in a rush to say, let's get married. Let's go do it. You know, because most women would have been like, hey, let's get married. Let's do the whole the wedding sort of deal. And, it, and it's taken a while for the idea again to grow on both of us. So we've talked about it. How long has it taken you? You're four kids deep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. Right. It can't go any again, you know, so. And that's something we were actually talking about before 2020 happened, you know, because again, I was like, well, you know, we could go ahead and, and plan on having a big ceremony. We could do what, you know, this sort of thing and 
do it properly through the church because neither one of us had been married to the church. And so we had talked about it and then everything happened. Is that so one of your couple's everything. goals? Yes. Let's try to work to that and get that. But of course, it's like everything. COVID postponed a lot of stuff. You know, one of the things that we talked about last year was, hey, let's go out and start doing more things together. You know, I think we had done a couple of date nights in January and in February, and then March comes and <laughs> there's no leaving the house now. There's no doing none of this. So, and again, you know, that was kind of, you know, that was kind of one of the things that we were starting to work towards. And then everything kind of changed. And now, even now being cooped up in a house all the time with four kids, I understand where she says, I need adult release. I need conversation. I need, so there's times where I've taken her and she'll go to a friend's house and they'll go do this whole sitting apart social distancing thing. And I, and I get it. So it's been crazy. There's, these are the things that I've still write down and think about and know that I got to work through. I'm not 100% totally past all of this. I work every single day to, to, to try not to think about it so much. And I try to work a lot of times. And again, it's just been a whole other thing of reconnecting with my mother. I didn't start doing that till last year either. It was actually after therapy that I wanted to start reaching out to her again and, and learning a lot of the reasons why. You know, that was one of the big questions. Why? What was the whole, you know, why was, you know, what was the thought behind it? You know, because you feel like, hey, wasn't I worth keeping? Wasn't I worth loving? Wasn't I worth all of these things, you know? And it's kind of the tough pill to swallow when you're a kiddo. I know my younger brother harnessed a little bit more resentment, you know, because she left when he was six. So he pretty much grew up most of his life without without her in it, you know. Where did she go? Well, when she left, originally she moved back. She moved back home with her with her real dad in, in um, Amarillo. So she was there for a while, and then I think after being a while there, she moved down to Austin. She was down there for a while, and then I think she did move back up here into the where I live at Dallas Fort Worth. She came back for a while, and at that point, I think she was trying to reconnect with us. But at that point, it was like, I was still fairly young. I mean, I'm talking about, I was like 21, 22. I was like, I don't want to hear that shit. Because you're angry. I was still angry. Did your parents fight? <sighs> yes, I can remember arg them arguing about money and finances and, and things that, like, she wanted to do as well with my father. And he was, I mean, he probably could have been more open to a lot of more things. Like, she wanted to go out stuff, go like hang out with friends or that sort of thing. And my dad was real like strict about that. He was one of the things he didn't grow up where, Hey, you let the wife just go out and do this thing. It was for some reason it was frowned upon. So I think she felt trapped. She didn't have that ability to go, Hey, you stay at home and watch the kids. I'm going to go have drinks with my friends. My dad didn't drink. My dad didn't smoke. My dad didn't cuss. So he was more straight-laced, and I think they just essentially grew apart. They grew into different people once they, because they met when they were fairly young, just like a lot of couples, right? She was 17, he was 19. They had my brother 
when she turned 18. She really didn't get the opportunity, right, to go out and see what it was like to be free as a young woman, you know, to go out and what it was like to go hang out and what it was like to go do these things that she wanted to do. She instantly had to become a mother. She wanted more out of life. I kind of know where she was coming from once I asked her her reasoning and what were some of the things that she went through. What did she say? Well, you know, part of that was, you know, she felt like that her and my father, when they, as they got older and hit that quote unquote midlife part of what they were doing, he wanted one thing and she wanted another. She wanted to go be a, she wanted to go be a woman, but she wanted to go get an education. She wanted to go do things. And he wasn't, I don't think he was really wanting to be supportive of that. You know, from what she told me between him and her and the arguments, you know, she felt like either she had to leave or she was going to end her own life. She felt that lost. So she took the other option. I can totally understand it because, again, I mean, now if you said that, people will be like, hey, maybe you need to go talk to a special a therapist or you need to go talk to this sort of thing. Mental health wasn't such a big thing back then. So it was kind of tough for her to go, I feel lost, trapped, whatever. And then you didn't have the means to go, you didn't have the means to get on the internet to connect with folks or to literally, she, by that point in her life, she had already felt lost because um, my grandmother, her mom, and then her younger sister had already passed away. That kind of support system that she would, that you would expect, you know, with other family members. And then, of course, her, one of her younger brothers was in jail. Her other brother didn't really live too close by. He lived down in Colleen, so it was always hard to find somebody to really connect with and that sort of deal. So it was pretty difficult for her in that, t- in that time. I forgave her. I was like, you know, there's, we can't go back and change. It can't change that. All I can do is try to th- make things better with, with what's left of this life. So again, I've opened myself up to her, reconnected with her. But like I said, I still have other brothers who don't, who don't talk to her. How did you initially reach back out to her? I wrote her letter. Part of a healing process that I started two years ago, I wrote a lot of letters to a lot of people about things that I felt that I've done wrong or I wasn't the person that I wanted to be. And maybe I burned a few bridges and I just asked, either asked them to forgive me or, um, you know, is there any way that we can resolve whatever issues we have? So I sent out, you know, I think it was like 10 letters and because I find it sometimes it's easier to express myself whenever I want to go really deep emotionally on paper. I feel that's where my strength is, is whenever I want to express myself really deeply is I write down what it is I really want to share. Does she want you to get married? She's like, she kind of said, I, w- I wish you would. But, you know, that's kind of the thing where she's like, that's your decision to make sense. I'm not, uh, I'm just telling you that it'd be a good thing. She's not like, or because you know, again, I think she still feels kind of weird about our relationship to say that. More like, hey, that's your decision. I think that would be a good thing for you guys if you did. Yeah, if you guys really love each other. And I think that's just the natural course. And of course, you know, I kind of 
kind of like what I'm telling you, I kind of told her the same sort of deal, you know, what it was of how I felt after she left. When you've been together that long, I think it's kind of, you guys have made enough of a commitment to each other that I think you should feel safe doing it. So I was like, okay. So I was like, well, we're working towards that. Believe me. How long we're have you guys been together? We've actually been together, together 20 uh, 22 years with the break it's been more like 19 so it was like between there it's been about 22 years altogether so how long yeah. is it going to take for you to get over that little uh break you had i know i know you know my sister tells me this all the time she tells me Bubba, what are you doing and i think the only one out of all of us who hasn't been married my younger brother got married three years ago my older brother got married two years ago. My youngest brother's been married and divorced. My older brother's married his high school sweethearts. So they've been together since forever. My sister has been married, divorced, and remarried. So I'm the only one who actually hasn't taken the plunge. Dude, you've got to take the plunge on your live stream. That would be something, right? That would be that would be something to watch. Is to put a whole, hey, that's an idea. Maybe I need to bring that up. Tell my wife, let's find sponsors for our online wedding. <laughs> Even my cousin, she got married a month ago in Vegas. Um, she's like, dude, what are you, you need to go get married, man. You guys have been together for so long. She's like, why don't you just fly to Vegas and go get married? And I was like, I don't know. These are, we're, she wants, I think she wants the traditional wedding so that's what she wants we'll push to go get that done um i think i'm i'm, I'm ready either way i think I've, I've i've come to that point it's not going to change but it was um and it was something it was for the longest time it was something that really helped me back really really helped me back for a long time and even now we, we we've gone through therapy i think well twice so and we just went through a couple weeks ago went through a few sessions of online a couple's therapy just because it's good to open up and talk right to communicate those sort of things and it would, i think we both been feeling frustrated about covid19 and you know heard the stress of being at home and then of course me doing the live streams it was a lot of pressure and i was again i was i i, I kind of pulled myself away because i was too busy doing this and we talked about a lot of those issues and i mean it, felt, it was really good tell you the truth i took the time and, and thought about a lot of things in life and again as i've been just telling everybody to stop and smell the roses man that's what i've been trying to do myself I'm trying to listen to what i tell everybody just take the little time to enjoy what life has to offer sitting 20 minutes with my kiddo watching i don't know mulan small things it's they grow up too fast so you know that's one of the things we talked about it was remember what remember your kids are gonna learn what they see from you guys they're gonna see a lot of things in your life so it's true during that six month break from social media how did you show your wife love well a lot of the times you know we actually would you know we would go outside and we would go on drives you know that was one of the things that we would do like my niece would come over She'd watch the kids for a little while. We'd go on a drive to get out just together, do things so we could 
be by ourselves. And part of that has been taking a time at least, you know, once a week to sit down and just talk. Something as simple as that, you know, going out on the back porch and talking about what what I've been feeling or what she's been feeling. I think it's been really good for both of us because, again, I, I if I feel like something's dragging me down or I feel like I just don't feel this or I don't feel or I feel like like sometimes I might feel for depressed for no reason like just going I just don't have it today I don't have it this week I've just been off she's and we'll talk about it she's like yeah I can tell you usually on the ball about this or I'll think about it I go yeah I have fuck you know, and then again, that takes myself to that point where I gotta kind of recenter myself and then get try to try to come back with a little bit different approach next time, so I don't do that. Do your the kids kiddo, want that? Do they want you to get to, married? My oldest understands it. She's like, yeah, she's thirteen. She's the one that kind of asked me, why why aren't you and mommy have the same last names? And then, you know, we'll dance around it a little bit. You know, I don't want to tell her all of this. What but it is, but you know what, maybe I'll, we will, we'll get married in and then, you know, we'll, you can be the flower girl or she's like, no, I don't want to be the flower girl. She goes, uh, she goes, I want to be the one that tells everybody where to sit. So I said, okay, <laughs> you can do that then. So yeah, we've, we've, I mean, that, again, we've talked about it quite a bit. And again, it's just really, hopefully sometime next year, we can actually get it done and, do it the way kind of she wants to have it done and again that I don't I'm not going anywhere we're not I don't think we you know I think both of us have got to realize that, that hey we're probably just going to grow old together so might as well get it done because again it's we've had friends and family members who just like hey why aren't you guys married oh, married you know my stepmother she's like yeah you need to get married I'll get, tell her I'll give her my ring uh, your dad gave me, so I was like, okay. <laughs> but do you feel like marriage is just a piece of paper, or do you feel like it's I, a commitment? I think it's that point where you kind of make it a commitment. You know, that's one, one thing I want them to be sure of is, hey, um, take your, you know, I want them to understand, take your time. If you feel that it's that right person that you feel like you're ready to commit the rest of your life to, go ahead, jump in. Even if it want, takes 19 years. Even if it takes 19 years. I'm not poking fun, but that's a long time. <laughs> it's a long time. It is. It is a long time. To, you know, and again, these were my issues, you know, for me to open up and finally cross that barrier and say, yeah, let's, let's make it official and then let's try this again. That's where, hey, baby. Okay, come here. Just say hi. This is my friend, Rena. She's so cute. Yes, that's my second oldest. So, How old so, is she? Yeah, 10. I have she a nine-year-old daughter. Yeah, they look about the same age. Cute. So it was 13, 10, and then a six and a five-year-old. I have a 12, nine, seven, and one. So we had a gap in there. We, we had tried, and I think we went through a miscarriage it really kind of was hard for you know dealing with it i've had two before so it was hard to try yeah. to go i want to do it again and it's you know you don't ever want to kind of rush that 
it's a woman's body. It's how, however you feel and at that, at dealing with it. And that's, again, I don't, I, you got to remember that's something that you're like, man, I, a life was lost. You know, it's not easy to deal with. And my friend, his, and his wife, it was hard for them. They, they had a stillborn. It took them a long time before they wanted to do it, before they had another kid or before they tried to have another kid. It's so hard. Man, that, it is. I mean, you go through the whole process and then you birth a kid into the world and it's gone. So that was, that was hard for them. And that's why I said, I, I know my, my, my issues when I, in the grand scheme of things, they're very small, they're very petty. And I think that's what I kind of do now is try to find perspective on life and just realize, man, it's too short of a game. I mean, my really good friend of ours, who's almost like a brother to my family, he just lost his wife back in June. They found out she had stage four stomach cancer back in September and she passed away in June. So it's, again, yeah, that kind of put a lot of, that's why I said a lot of things into perspective and I'm so sorry. Kind of, that's awful. Uh, I know. Well, that's why I kind of told him, you know, and he's just, he's like, you know what? I, I just got to, I, I take in the small things. That's what kind of keeps me level headed and going is that the fact that I, Hey, I got to spend 21 years of life with the woman that I love. We had three wonderful kids. They got to grow up and, you know, she got to see her, her daughters and her son mature and become adults i gotta take it day by day because i think about it he doesn't want it to consume him what is marriage gonna change for you it's just me crossing the it's me getting to that point and say let's let's get it done we were already in the works to plan to do you know she wanted like you could do it tomorrow though like why keep putting it off i don't get it oh well that's it's solely on her it's not that i don't want to it's it's there she wants to have a, a grandioso wedding i already said now I, I i would i would go do it tomorrow she wants to go do it through a church that i'm only going to get married once it's happening it's gonna happen it's just like i said we talked about it last year we wanted to do it in october but there were things that we weren't going to be able to do like she's got family and stuff that she wanted to invite you know again COVID-19 hit we couldn't she's like you know what we've waited this long if we want to do it right we can can wait a little bit longer and wait till next year we we got a lot of things already planned so I was like okay so are you taking that weekend job back actually yes that's actually starting at the end of this month so in October I'll be back at it I think you really should reach out to different venues and brands. And that is an incredible story. I bet you could turn it into a whole newsworthy story. Right. And I said, that's a whole other thing until you said it, you know, maybe we should do it live. And that would be a cool way to find sponsors, do all kinds of things. Right. I mean, you've got the audience built. Why not? I think you should (laughs) actually tease the idea to your audience and see what they think. Maybe you'd find people that want to help. Oh, that's interesting. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell this to my wife tonight. Say, hey, how would you feel if we could get married live? It would be your big day. We could have people sponsor certain parts of the wedding. We could do all kinds of things. That's a, 
pretty neat idea. Nifty. And then it I would like fulfill that. like your live stream dreams. <laughs> you know, Dude, good some... morning America would like that story. All right. Say, hey, look, I'm getting married live on. Yeah, of course. And they say, hey, look, I got a live stream that I've done for this whole time. And now going to take care of the whole the whole long story of being together this long and finally actually crossing that threshold. I love that. Thank you, Rena. <laughs> I'm telling you, I don't think there's ever been a wedding on LinkedIn. You should reach out to Jeff Weiner. <laughs> right? Oh, well, of course, that'd be cool, right? There'd be so many people that I'm connected with already on LinkedIn. That would be cool. I am telling you, reach out to LinkedIn editors and be like, I am going to get married on LinkedIn live. <laughs> I like that. I'm not afraid to do that. That's actually pretty cool. It I hasn't been done. done. Now you make me think, Rena. All right. You're making me think a lot. So thank you so much for this time. I got to go handle some more daddy business. I got to go take care of my dogs. So better call daddy. So better call daddy, right? Can't wait to hear what your dad has to say, especially after hearing about 19 years. <laughs> That's going to be something. So thank you, Rena. Thank you. It's going to be you. a fun episode. Talk to you again soon. We need to do this more often, okay? For sure. Thank you so much right. for being open to sharing your story. I absolutely loved it. I cannot wait for my dad's response. Here we go. Boy, that was a crazy episode, right? Yeah. This fellow Gabriel is also running shows as well, right? He is. Made from scratch podcast. What's ironic about this story is that just as I was ending the last show, is that he was very curious about the social media as an outlet, something for him to, he got, he got excited about, and someone was good enough to mentor him to get started. And then, of course, it becomes addicted, and he got infatuated with it. He got passionate for it. And he went for it and he put in the time and effort where it's hard to put it down. It's hard to stop. It starts feeding on itself, just like any business. Instead of you owning the business, the business takes over and starts to own you. But he uh, did 127 or 135 shows in six or seven months, uh, working at it every day, communicating with people, building uh, his network getting his messages out, talking to other people. And actually, the second series is where he wants to actually give some of the disappointments and some of the mythology of how uh, he's been able to do better and grow with his life and help people that have been in depressed mood or having difficulties. And he's trying to also be helpful that he's gotten out of it and maybe show the path to others as well which is very notable and, and admirable, no question about it. But after a little while, the amount of energy that's needed to perform, you can get the college blahs or you can get burnt out a little bit. And he had to take a, a seat back and get a little bit of a rest. And isn't it something how he said, that, why don't you go out somewhere without your phone? Because when you get to be where you're communicating and on the phone all day long, you can't, you can't do anything without it. And maybe that's what Shabbat is all about also, is that 
on Shabbat, you're supposed to take a break and rest and concentrate and spend some holy time with God and thinking about a reflection of being with your family and being with out of the, you know, the rat race of life, you know, of just coming and going and, and banging your head against the wall, so to speak. Maybe really keeping the Shabbat is really a very important part of not only your relationship with God, but for the kind of rest that people need so that they can be revitalized for the next day and the next week and the next year uh, is to have a certain amount of time out as well. He had some disappointment because what happened is that his father and mother had six children. He's the third oldest. So there's three children that he's older than, and there's two children that are older than him. And his mom actually escaped, had to escape and left because she was really overwhelmed and didn't feel like she was growing or having a chance to grow. She was just overwhelmed with all the children and all the responsibilities of doing everything at home where the father was working day and night trying to make money. Unfortunately, counting on his wife to do all of the necessities when it came to the children. And if you want to mention your mother, your mother was overwhelmed with three, okay? And uh, that's what uh, we fought over a little bit was, uh, of course, money is always an issue with a family, some of the things that you want to do. And uh, money can limit you on some of your aspirations, no question about it. The everyday dealing with children and taking them to all of their programs and taking them to the doctors and taking them to different schools and lessons and uh, earaches and toothaches and, and crying and screaming. Some people uh, reach a limit at that as well. And they want to escape some of that. And uh, it was a big, big shock to, to this young man, Gabriel. Uh, his brother helped out quite a bit because the father had to continue to work. And the re uh, relationship, as, as he already mentioned, some of the brothers still have never talked to their mother again. So the relationship with women becomes, or it's not perfect anymore uh, in one's mind. That, that family unit is broken up. There's a healing process that needs to be done where a person can still want to have a family and uh, still want to have a relationship with a, with a woman, be able to figure out what's a workable relationship. And he went out with uh, one girl. She ran off, goes out with another girl that ends up moving away and then meets his wife, which is what I thought I got from the episode, or meets this girl, they're going to get married. And after six months, she says, I think we should see other people. So he had a mother that ran out and three relationships with women where they all wanted to uh, run out. So you end up with putting up your guard because uh, you do not want to be hurt that if you're in some type of marriage, that's official, that if it doesn't work out, it can be devastated if they, if they run out. It's, it's almost like you've become a little bit paranoid about it. And then he mentioned where I thought that he got back together with his wife. That's why I might have misunderstood and had his own family where it ended up working out, where they worked out some of their differences and uh, got back together. What Gabriel, if he wants some advice from me, is that he has to be able to uh, also do what he's doing with this show is that he's got to give it the right amount of attention, 
but not where it overwhelms him or overwhelms his family. Same thing that Rena Joy is doing. She's got a beautiful show going on. It can become very intoxicating and very satisfying and because you're doing a very creative show, but we got to make sure that it doesn't overwhelm us and overtake us where it's ruling us to where we can't do anything else. So I think those are two really good lessons out of this episode is that we have to make sure that we do what we love and be passionate to what we love and to be a, a station where people can be real and express themselves and get some friendly advice and not the judgment of being put in the box. We have to also make sure that we have balance in our lives and where we can be able to make sure that we share our lives and, and our home life where we're not neglectful to our families. By doing that and taking that leap of faith and get married and share the stability of what marriage really means, that doesn't mean it's something that's going to be automatic. It still has to be worked out every day, still has to have good communication every day, and we have to work through the highs and lows if we want to stay married. Uh, there, there's no guarantees to anything in life other than probably taxes and death. We have to try to work through it. And if we do that, you'll find out that we will have at least an opportunity to have a more stable life. Today's episode is sponsored by Rin 10 Media. If you want to look and sound your best for a podcast of your own, you want to get in touch with Rin 10 Media. When I first contacted them, Better Call Daddy was just a twinkle in my daddy's eye. And now, only after a couple months in, we're at like 50 episodes. Reach out to info at ren10media.co.za and use the subject line, Better Call Daddy. Now you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and tune in. Add Better Call Daddy Podcast on IG at Rena Friedman Watts on LinkedIn.com. Thanks for listening to the Better Call Daddy Show.